Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April 21st in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding father. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide as we reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration, and do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Basically, the supreme law of the land is the key to the solution when it comes to the proper role and management of the greatest country on the face of the earth. But it is about God, family, and country in that order. Make no mistake. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, we're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time, Friday. And man, I haven't been on the radio for quite a while. It's a long story. The last show we did live was on the 11th. What is that, 10 days, basically eight shows, because we don't do broadcasts on the Sabbath. Uh, Anyway, uh, you say, why, Sam? Because we've been traveling all over the country. It's crazy. We went to Florida, then went to Texas. We went to a friend's wedding. It was incredible. We were grateful to be there, spent some time with some dear family friends, got that done, uh, and flights and travel and uh, just things beyond our control uh, conflicted with the show so much where we just could not be on the radio. Then we took off from Florida, uh, went to Texas, got involved in some constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association training. Uh, So CSPOA.org, become a posse member today, would you please? Anyway, so we did that, and again, uh, the training, helping set up that training and getting all that done, and just conflicts and travel, and just, man, just too much going on. But the good news is we're back live on the radio. We should have a lot of great radio shows coming up, and we're back in business. Now, there's so much to talk about, so little time. Let's just welcome Dr. Scott Bradley back to the airwaves with us. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you much, Sam. Hey, you're in fine voice today. You needed 10 days off or something. I don't know what it was, the travel or the resting your vocal cords. I don't know, but uh, you sound good today, so it's good to have you back. Well, thank you, sir. It is delightful to be back. One of my favorite things is to be on the radio because I get to break down news the networks refuse to use. I get to talk about things that matter most for God, family, and country. I mean, there's nothing more important of a pursuit in my humble opinion than to double down on god family and country that's that's why we do what we do otherwise i could just remain kind of silent in the background and live my life in a very quiet way and it's kind of against my nature to even try to you know be on the, the front man so to speak and you know it's it's just not my my nature but i i feel like it's necessary and that's why the show's not called the sam bushman show or something it's liberty roundtable because it's all about the guests it's all about all the people that sit down at the table and share their knowledge their wisdom their viewpoints, their understanding, their beliefs, their uh, commitments, their convictions. Their, I mean, I can go on and on and on, uh, but it's really like the Founding Father-esque roundtable. Modern time is what we try to achieve. Um, not that I come close to a Founding Father. I just want to follow in their footsteps. That's all. Uh, but I bring that up because, man, there's so much to talk about. Speaking of the weather, do you guys uh, have a bunch of snow going on still, doctor, up there? Well, uh, I'm just looking out the window. It, it's not snowing this minute, but it's supposed to snow through into the afternoon, which means it'll probably start any second now. And and then later on this afternoon, it's supposed to turn to rain. But yeah, we've we've still got some uh, rather unique weather going on still. I mean, 
I keep yeah, thinking part of spring's that global warming. Break kicking in. It is indeed, indeed. I was watching a TV show last night about these gold, um, I don't know what you call them, gold seekers. <laughs> these guys literally go up in the in the boondocks on the North Pole and this kind of stuff and uh, Antarctica and such like that, and they truly try to get gold, and they've got to literally dig through, what do they call it, eight feet of permafrost, I think is how they say it, and, until you can even get to the sheet where the gold possibly is. And they use these big, incredible... Um, I don't know what you call them, big tractor machines that to do different things, to de-rock and to go ahead and try to dig down that far, and it's slippery. It's like a skating rink, a, a tractor on a skating rink kind of a thing, and it's just crazy town. And these guys are all looking for gold and stuff like that, and I just think, man, that global warming, it would sure help them if it really kicked in, huh, Doctor? <laughs> well, when the permafrost <laughs> melts, it becomes rather boggy. So I don't know if they'll be good or not, but, but you're right, this uh, – this idea of uh, global warming that turned into, well, first it was global, uh, you know, there, there was a, a new ice age coming years and years ago, then it turned to global warming. Now it's uh, climate change, so that whatever it does, you can, yeah, you know, what's really interesting to me is is uh, the legislative session that just ended in March in Utah spent a great deal of time crafting very wicked bills, in my opinion, that uh, seized unconstitutionally power for the governor to arbitrarily, unilaterally, on his own, declare emergencies for water shortages. I mean, we have had an immense and in amount the, and of... And in the process, by the way, you know what? Use government special, I don't know what you call it, diplomatic immunity or whatever else to be... Store. There's no accountability whatsoever, no way to touch that. Well, Elites, absolutely, but but here's the deal: the Constitution, Utah Constitution, does not grant or delegate any authority to a governor to have emergency powers. Think about this: the governor during the the uh, pandemic declared emergencies that shut down our religious worship, our ability to uh, gather, and 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 the issues of uh, businesses. I mean, on and on and on. Did lockdown with uh, habeas corpus being suspended? All these kinds of things based upon a governor's word. You know, my word is law, thus saith the Lord. You know, and all that kind of stuff. We should be so sick and tired of this. But nonetheless, our arbitrary unilateral legislative body kowtowed again, curtsied, whatever you want to call it, and allowed the governor to have this huge amount of declaratory power to declare emergency for water. Now, of course, water is essential to life. Why can't they declare such an emergency for guns or whatever, too, if they have such a power, which they do not? But here's the interesting thing to me. It's a, I think God has a sense of humor. I really do. He's, I think he is probably one of the most delightful individuals to ever share any, any kind of interaction with, and, and the humor is one thing. But So here we spent our whole legislative session arguing, debating, discussing, and passing unconstitutional emergency powers for the governor to declare water emergencies because of water shortages and seizing, uh, you know, private property and all those kind of things. No due process. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Don't get me started. But he has just declared another emergency because we got too much water. And so here we are. You can never let an opportunity for a, an emergency to pass because it solidifies and firms up and makes traditional this idea that they can say and do whatever they please 
and their word is the law. And it's kind of like what Truman did when he declared, we don't need a declaration of war to go to war in Korea because we have a treaty. Well, none of that is true. You still have to declare war. The treaty cannot take us to war. But they were trying to set a precedent, and that's exactly what these buffoons, baboons, and bozos are doing that do these things to us constantly. So here And, you know, the, the watchword for this, Dr. Bradley, whenever this happens, the watchword you need to really kind of think about is it's the crisis of the day. Okay, that's how they right. always try to get you to step aside and allow them to uh, obliterate your rights trade your liberty for so-called security it's always this crisis of the day though that leads the way it doesn't matter what it is it's always a crisis we got um hey global cooling we got global warming we got climate change we've got um too much water not enough water too much this not enough that whatever um it's always the crisis of the day that leads the way every time that's that's the problem is that we have become we the people have become so complicit and compliant that we don't even pay attention to this anymore. And by the way, the Utah Constitution specifically says that no emergency exercise of anything can violate the Constitution. So how does this come into being? The, the, the people that are making the laws don't read the Constitution. The Constitution is preeminent, paramount to any legislative actions, and yet and still... We continue this inextricable march to tyranny and hell because we are not paying attention. Andy Jackson, in his farewell address, said the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, and nobody's paying attention. I mean, it just—I well, mean, there's a few of us. Yeah, we try and wave our, wave our arms a lot on the radio, and we talk to people. This isn't just Utah, though. I mean, I bring that up. It's because, all over the nation. You know, Sadly, it is true. anywhere, everywhere. In Texas, and, and, they're battling a bunch of sheriff's bills that are trying to basically restrict who can run for sheriff and how they can run and what certifications they have to have and this and that and all this. They're abusing the office of sheriff going on. And sadly, the Texas Sheriff's Association behind a lot of it. But it's just you find out who are your friends. Very strange as it goes on. But, man, the weather down here is crazy. Uh, last night there was a tornado warning that blasted through uh, one area there and in Texas. In, in te oh, okay, yeah, Texas. They're kind of tornado alley, and I was going to yeah. say if you had a tornado where you're living, I want to see it. I want to hear. Well, yeah, I don't no tornado see it where I'm at yet. They call them microbursts <laughs> where I live. Okay, but, okay, uh, okay. In, in Texas, though, they got um, tornadoes in the northeast portion of the state last night that were tornado threat warning whatever you want to call it was going on and i don't know the different classifications because i don't live in a tornado zone so i'm not really educated on all the details except for um you know glade water uh, area um was the area that was you know in a tornado watch for us we had to drive through a frog strangler bunch of rain while we were coming and, and all that but i want to move a little bit from water to food for a second as well doctor when we come back, we'll talk about that because, man, there's just some cool people in cool places that you got to see when you're traveling around the best country on the planet. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. We talk about the weather. We talk about food. We talk about everything under the sun, but it's always fantastic radio. I want to talk about your moms. <laughs> I kid you not, man. I'm driving through a bunch of remote Texas towns on my way from Austin to Houston, and uh, we see a bunch of different places. None of them are impressive. A lot of them are chains. A lot of them are just hometown diners that don't seem to make any sense. But then a restaurant catches my eye called Your Mom's. And I thought, that's fascinating. What's this all about? Turns out that it's a Southern and Cajun comfort food restaurant located in historic downtown uh, Smithville, Texas. You want to learn more about it? Go to yourmoms.net and you can check that out. One of the slogans they have is this. We are not a fast food restaurant. Good, honest food takes time and love. And uh, we walked in. It was the most quaint, picturesque, uh, kind of like a Hallmark town, so to speak. Uh, pretty neat. Um, a lot of older homes, but well-kept. and it, Pretty nice place. We go into this restaurant, and there's the nicest people you will ever meet. And they uh, fed us some of the best food I have ever had. Hometown, homemade, recipes in the family for generations, Cajun food. Uh, we had the best eats you can imagine. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but they had this gumbo. And uh, this lady made it, and uh, her mom was working there, and so she said, oh, my daughter makes that gumbo. And so we talked to the daughter, and she uh, works on it. She has been working on it for her whole life, 20-plus years, perfecting this recipe that her uncle 
had down in Cajun territory in Louisiana. And she basically has been trying to perfect this recipe. And I said, well, didn't he just give you the recipe? And she said, no, because he'd just make it with a dash of this and a pinch of that and a whatever. And, you know, he couldn't really tell you how to make it. He could kind of just put some of that in there. And and so then she said he passed away and they never had the recipe. And she's been trying to perfect it. And she's getting closer and closer to making it perfect. And I said, well, how do you know what to do? And she said, believe it or not, I just start to put the spices over the stove. And it's almost like my uncle... It's almost like my uncle from heaven bumps my hand and puts more in than I would normally put in and, and this and that. And, you know, then I just kind of work on it. And anyway, it's this family recipe that's been handed down generationally in their family. That's just deliciousness. I'm telling you right now. So if you ever get a chance, ladies and gentlemen, you are near Smithville, Texas. You want to go to a place that says we are not a fast food restaurant. Good, honest food takes time and love. Southern and Cajun Comfort Food, located in downtown Smithville, Texas, yourmoms.net to learn more. Anyway, Dr. Bradley, these are some of the gems, and I bring this up and spend time on this because these are some of the gems that you mentioned when you were a young man and took off at an early age in your life and became an adult and decided you were going to just see the country on the ground. And you put boots on the ground and travel the whole country, and, and you mentioned that there's some of the nicest people on the planet, some of the best people that this country's made of. And, I mean, this just is of that ilk, Doctor. I don't know how somebody would ever find this place. I found it by happenstance, just happened to be driving through, just happened to be looking up restaurants, somewhere to go, uh, just happened to stumble on this weird name, decided to research it. Um, just happened to decide we're not too far from it. Let's go see what it's like. And boom, we ended up there. And you know what? God bless these people around the country doing a great job using their talents to bless people's lives. And it's a place of gathering, a place of nourishment. It's not just a place to eat, doctor. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to think you're kind of a foodie, Sam. I mean, and you know, as I think back on it, when I've been on the road with you, it's it's really true, and it's it's it is a wonderful thing. Food is something that gathers people together. You're able to share a good experience of being with friends and family, as well as gaining some you know some satisfaction and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. And you're absolutely right. I I still have memories of you know traveling the country. Cajun is wonderful food. I delight in it. I've got a really good friend. In fact, he used to work for me years ago that was from Louisiana, and he was a Cajun king. I mean, he he could cook that stuff up, and it really is amazing for people that, that do that the real way. But I have memories from across the country where, you know, I just happened to be in a town at a given time, and this is, you know, they're over 50 years old, and I'm, I mean, you know, these, these old memories, and, and uh, they still, I still think of them often, you know, times we had, we, I, I say, I just give an example. One time I was in Shortlesville, Pennsylvania, and I, I decided to stop and get, one Saturday morning and get breakfast in the Shortlesville Hotel. I don't know what it's like now, but uh, 55 years ago, whatever it was, holy Hannah. I mean, it was like family style, you know, checkered tablecloths kind of thing. You sat down, all the people that were there kind of mixed and matched, and I was sitting by people that I'd, you know, never met, and Man, it was a delightful meal, and and uh, of course, as a kid, <laughs> traveling, I didn't get as many, you know, warm meals as I might like, and so I had really chowed down, and and uh, I looked up, and the guy across the table was looking at me, 
He says, you know, I've never seen anybody eat a dozen eggs before, but I've been counting. You've had a dozen eggs, and he told me how many pancakes and how much grits and how much uh, hash browns and, you know, how many rolls and this and that and the other. He says, I'm going to leave. I'm getting sick. But it was so good. Finally, they came to me, and they said, sir, you're you're welcome to stay, but we're going to have to charge you again because we're starting lunch. (laughs) And it probably saved my life because I would have floundered. But but sometimes you just, they've hit it. You know, they hit a home run completely. And, And so, you know, you're right. Some of these places really are classical. They're all American. And uh, you meet the most amazing people that you just happen to stumble across. And and uh, do you remember Charles Kuralt on the road? This was back in the 60s. It's before your time, Sam. But I, I know about it, but I'm not super familiar with it. A little bit. Okay. Well, Charles Kuralt on the road. And um, John Steinbeck travels with Charlie were uh, motivations for me when I was young. Because I, uh, you know... You hear about Charles Crawford reporting on the road, and he'd, he'd, he'd run into interesting characters, and they were characters. You know, in Montana, somebody that had been an old cowboy. I uh, Don't get me started. I, I knew an old cowboy that had been a cowboy back in the 1800s in Montana, and the stories he'd tell. Anyway, Charles Crawford made a, a series of that. In fact, I'd love to re, to resurrect that idea, and if I could ever make enough to live, I'd maybe go do that again but and then John Steinbeck wrote about traveling with his dog across the United States in a kind of a last hurrah he know he knew he was dying of heart failure and he wanted to see America you know the old and the good news is I'm not dying of heart failure and I'm traveling with my son-in-law not my dog but hey you know what it's good it's good stuff anyway this this restaurant was impressive and one of the things that I found fascinating it's called your mom's southern and Cajun comfort Food. It's a restaurant located in historic downtown Smithville, Texas. Yourmoms.net is the website. Now, the reason that I bring this whole thing up is the last thing the girl said to me, pretty much, or this lady said to me, uh, is, you know what? Thank you so much for saying that you really love the gumbo. Um, I've put my heart and soul into this. And uh, the mom, before the daughter came out, uh, was the one serving us, and so she told us, you know, that her daughter made it and all this kind of stuff. And and I, I just thought, you know what, you work on this recipe for 20 years because it's a household handed down through generations, and that's the way liberty needs to be handed down as well, Doctor. This isn't just about a food thing, although I am a foodie. There's no question about it. Uh, but this is about time-honored traditions that are valuable and good. You know, we jettison traditions when they're, when they're evil and destructive. But when traditions are healthy, godly, family-oriented, uh, country tradi- we want to hold on to those, and they're passed down. Liberty is passed down. It's a feeling. It's an understanding. It's, a, it's something in your soul. Uh, just like food and good friends and loyalty, and these things are passed down by example. Liberty is a thing that can be passed down from heart to heart. From willing hand to willing hand, doctor. You know, you you mentioned that, and it's so true. In fact, the genesis of the book, you know, we talk about my book, To Preserve the Nation, was a discussion I had. uh, A very very good old friend of mine that's long since dead now. 
But he and I talked about this, you know, preserving liberty, and I had been kind of badgering them a little bit, getting them a little bit more involved and so on. And he says, you know, Scott, he says, I'll tell you something. He says, unless we teach these principles in our homes, we will lose them. He says, you, you, as important as these are, you can't learn them and have them really settle upon you unless you're in your home. And, uh, you know, it, it's tr so true. The public education system is abominable at it. And uh, rarely do you find someone that has the passion for it. But the fact of the matter is the home is where you must teach it. And that's where, why I wrote my book and the lecture series. We can talk more about To preserve the nation, ladies and gentlemen, available at freedomsrisingsun.com. I'm going to tell you the rest of this story about your moms.net in seconds on your radio. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Lance Pry. President Biden delivers remarks this morning about building healthy communities and announcing new actions to advance environmental justice, according to their press release. Later this afternoon, Biden will leave the White House for Camp David. The abortion pill's fate is in the hands of the Supreme Court. The highest court in the land is expected to issue a ruling today. The decision on the commonly used abortion pill should be ready before the end of the day, according to the high court. It is set to come after the court extended a temporary stay on a Texas federal judge's ruling to halt production and distribution of mifepristone. Justice Samuel Alito issued the temporary stay on Wednesday, ensuring that mifepristone would remain widely available while the Supreme Court decides whether to grant a formal stay. The drug was originally approved by the FDA in 2000 and has been used by over 5 million women since. I'm Skip Kelly. Russian state media is reporting a Russian warplane dropped ammunition onto the Russian city of Belgorod this morning. The incident left two women injured. The Russian Defense Ministry said that an Su-34 supersonic bomber was flying over the city when an emergency ejection of an air ordinance occurred. Belgorod is between Moscow and the Black Sea. The New York Post is reporting Attorney General Merrick Garland is the unnamed official whose sworn testimony before Congress is being challenged in a bombshell letter from an IRS whistleblower. Through his attorney, the whistleblower says they have evidence of a cover-up in the Hunter Biden criminal investigation. That investigation has stalled for years since evidence was first found on Hunter Biden's forfeited laptop. Attorney Mark Lytle on Fox News. He's not coming here with a political agenda. He's been at the IRS for more than 10 years, uh, as, and now he's a supervisory special agent. He's, uh, he's actually been trusted as an assistant special agent in charge in other cities and trusted with international investigations and working with other countries' tax enforcement. This is USA News. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 
200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code HOOD for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out any time right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code HOOD for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code HOOD. All right, back with you live, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly on your radio, Sam Bushman. Hope you're doing all absolutely fantastic. I know I am. Yourmoms.net, we're talking about a restaurant in a place called Smithville, Texas, a hometown restaurant. It ain't no fast food, people. I'm telling you right now, it is delicious, slow-cooked, just phenomenal. Anyway, um, and so this lady said, I put my heart and soul into it, and I thought that was fascinating. Uh, because it really shows she was giving tribute to her grandpa who originally had the recipe and then she kind of learned part of it from him as a youngster helping him with it and everything and then over time he passed away and she didn't really have the recipe and she's like well I kind of know how to make this but then she worked on it and and, and embedded in this food Dr. Bradley um, I'm a foodie there's no question about it let's not hide that fact but in this whole discussion to me it's a lot more than food in this was a turning the hearts of the fathers to the children. Uh, it was a desire to understand their ancestors and carry on these God-ordained traditions uh, and such like that. Well, anyway, so then the food was so good. We ordered a couple of things, and the food was so good, there was something else we wanted to try. And we we didn't buy it at first because we just didn't know how good the restaurant was, and I just didn't want to spend a bunch of money on stuff that we didn't probably need, but we really wanted to try. But it was, the food was so incredible that I'm just like, okay, we need to try this. And so we explained that to the lady and said, we will, we're willing to buy this too. Can you please add this to our bill or whatever? And she said, absolutely. And went and got us these uh, specialty sausages that they have. And that makes sense when you're eating gumbo and sausage and, you know, this home-cooked stuff. And so she brought us this, and it was absolutely delicious. So we walk up to the counter at the end, and they said, hey, what can we do for you? Because they were surprised we're standing at the counter. You know, most people just get up and leave when they're done, you know? But we said, hey, we're supposed to pay for these sausages that we got. Um, and I think they were a little bit surprised that we didn't just leave and try to not pay, number one. But then number two, the daughter came out. And she said, you know what? Since you love my gumbo so much, I appreciate the compliment. The sausages are on us this time. And I said, no, we can't have that, ma'am. Thank you so much, but we got to pay you. And she said, you know what I want you to do then? If you won't just take it, then what if you pay it forward, she says. And I thought, you know what? This is my kind of people <laughs> right now. I, so I said, I'm going to pay it forward in multiple ways. Number one, I'm going to do something kind for somebody like you're asking me to do with the, with the difference in dollars or whatever else. But number two, I said, I'm an actually a politically syndicated talk show host. And she, her eyes got big. Really? I said, yeah. So I gave her my card to prove it to her. I've got this digital card that you can scan, doctor, and it puts my show and my phone number and my name and links to the broadcast and everything all on your phone in an instant just one quick scan and boom you got it all from this digital card that i have and so i let her scan that and then i said so what i'm going to do is i'm going to pay it forward and i'm going to jump on the radio and i'm going to talk about and promote your restaurant and she was shocked she was just like wow um 
And so we kind of made a friend that day, yesterday, in my opinion. I mean, I consider those people friends because then I said, you know, it's a talk show you might not really like. It's pretty hardcore. It's Here's how it is. If it's constitutional, I love it. And if it's not, I hate it. And she goes, I like that. Just like most people in America do. And so I think what we've really got is this educational opportunity like no other to share the love of food and family and friends and stability and festivity and all mixed together into this heart and soul agenda, which is which is God, family and country. It's liberty. It's food. It's companionship. It's honor. It's trust. It's loyalty. It's you know what? When we do a deal with a handshake, it's our word means something. It's all these principles rolled into I guess in this case, some gumbo stew. I'm just telling you, pretty neat stuff. And it was when she wanted me to pay it forward, I just thought I'm going to pay it forward in a big way for reals. And I'm going to do so in a way that matters. Um, and so, you know what? If you ever go into that restaurant, any of you, tell them. Just say, man, I heard this on this radio show. They love the gumbo and try it out. And then you can tell them so do we because I know you will. But anyway, try that out. And uh, But I, I thought that was fascinating about her pay it forward idea and, and uh, her willingness to be so kind to us uh, they could have easily just charged us the money and said nothing and went along but there became a, a an exchange that brings people together doctor and this relates to my call for civility website too you know they were so kind to me i just wanted to run around and spread kindness everywhere and that's what we're talking about doctor you know that uh, civility thing I think you'll find that most generally people are really pretty good at heart. That's what I found all my years of traveling around the country. And, uh, you know, you, you just kind of, it, it's amazing. You get past an initial, maybe a shell or a resistance to, you know, you just, you know, you don't, everybody doesn't run up and hug each other instantly. But, you know, let's just take, for example, uh, New York. Um, I've spent quite a bit of time in New York and, and uh, oh man, the the pressing crowds and, and they've got this kind of thing about, you know, New Yorkers are cold and distant and all that kind of stuff. And and I remember one time when I, I got to know some New Yorkers, I mean, uh, initially it's kind of like there's, you know, there's a little bit of more personal space you need to give them if you're, because, you know, everybody's intruding on everybody else's personal space and they just don't want to have eye contact or interaction vocally or anything like that. And, you know, I'm, I'd like to kind of get to know people a little bit. Anyway, after a little bit of effort, uh, I found them to be some of the most delightful, warm, caring, uh, and they're just absolutely giving people that, like you talk about in this little, you know, mom's place that you were just at, that that give people a chance. And and here's the problem that we have is that the the major media, I don't know what you want to call them, the lame brain media is what I do oftentimes, they foster a kind of us versus them kind of thing. The police against the people, men versus women. The, you know, the idea of the socioeconomic classes, labor versus. Oh yeah, that's Marxist in the whole thing, isn't it? It's a it's a divisionary kind of approach to life, where it's conflict based, and they're trying constantly to give kind of a, uh, to fractionalize everything and cause division to the point that ultimately and finally society breaks down. And I think what you're suggesting and talking about is let's go out and get to know each other. Let's quit this six-foot separation. We can't get together. We can't worship together. We can't go to people's businesses. All of that kind of stuff is is just part of fractionalizing society and 
and it's been on steroids the last 37 months or so, whatever it's been. And uh, you just had an opportunity to go out and see that we don't need to have great divisions among ourselves. And this little incident you had is just an, a microcosm of what we ought to be doing constantly, I think, you know. Amen to that, Dr. Bradley. And anyway, I spend uh, probably too much time on that, but I really believe this matters, though. You know, a lot of times we talk about hardcore politics and, hey, we're off this and we're down on that and we're against that. And for a lot of reasons, because it's a pretty target rich environment. But at the same time, I want people to know that we are human. We are people. We do care. We, you know what? Trust matters. Kindness matters. I really want to spend time on kind of the things that matter the most uh, oftentimes. Uh, and so that's kind of why we spend so much time on this is it, it lets people know kind of behind the scenes what we do in our personal time, what we prize as our governing values, what we what we try to foster and promote. Uh, there's a lot of good that we promote people. It's not just the negative and we're off this and against everything. Um, uh, the more they move towards communism and socialism, the more I will be against everything. The more they move to God, family, and country, the more I'll just be yay, yay, instead of nay, nay on everything. Uh, keep that in mind as we stand for things that are valuable, things that are of great uh, worth, um, the finer things, the better things, the greater things. Uh, all right, there's a question that we're asking people lately, Dr. Bradley, that I thought I'd give you a shot at. And that is this, what do you consider to be the greatest threat to our people, to our country, to our society, to our lives, to our liberties? What do you consider to be the greatest threat? And in this target-rich environment, that's a tough question, sir. Well, it is, and, and I think you'd have a, lo a very broad spectrum of, of things, and it kind of, it just kind of in a way harkens back to when I was being uh, grilled, I guess you could call it that, about whether or not I was going to be put on a jury. And the question was, you know, because they're trying to see who they eliminate and who they don't, you know. And the question was, who in history would you prefer to meet over anybody else? You know, I've, you could probably imagine, boy, I, George Washington came to mind and James Madison. And I mean, you know, you think about some of these, uh, Robert E. Lee's. I mean, you think about some of the monumental people that have been through history, but no, no, no. It was Jesus Christ. And, and that was my answer. And, I mean, think of who you would like to meet most of all in all of history and try and sort through that in a quick, you know, exercise and come up who, who that might be. But uh, I got eliminated from the jury pool. <laughs> they didn't want somebody that was that religious, I guess, that was judging their their client. Anyway, uh, you think about that. Um we have a lot of things that challenge us, but I think that this, the peace can come when we have the right focus in kind of an eternal perspective. And so I think that's a threat to us because everything else falls into place if we don't have that eternal perspective. I don't know. Maybe You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. FreedomsRisingSun.com. is being transferred to the listening ear. Listening professionals dedicated to hearing you. 
Hello, listening here. Who am I listening to? Um, Carrie, but I was calling my mom. Yes, you were, but your mom was so busy she felt it was important for you to have someone who could completely focus on listening to you and you alone. So she subscribed to our service. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, I'm not quite sure. Where to start? Well, I can listen to school issues like science projects. I can listen to boy problems, although that's an extra $3 per call because of the emotional drain on me. How about we start with how you wish you had made cheerleader? I didn't try out for cheerleader. Uh, this isn't, uh, Mary? Carrie. I'm Carrie. Oh, oh, sorry. There is no substitute for a loving parent. And when you really listen, love is what they'll hear. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. When I'm asked what is the most critical threat we face as the American people, as families, as citizens of the greatest country on the face of the earth, I'm reminded of the great points George Washington made in his farewell address about religion and morality of the two great supports, Doctor. You know, you can look at the Federal Reserve and say it's a problem, no question. You can look at education and say it's a problem, no doubt. You can look at the IRS. You can look at all kinds of international treaties that are trying to breach the sovereignty of the United States and replace the supreme law, uh, etc. You can look at bureaucrats that are undermining us for elections and for filthy lucre. and for You can look at a gazillion things. But at the end of the day, I really believe it comes back to these two great pillars of support, religion and morality. Um, we've let that slip in America. And as long as we let that slip in America, the country will slip right along with it. Eventually, it will just fall off into the abyss uh, and the only way to bring it back is to bring back religion and morality so i used to say i think the education department is one of the biggest threats we need to get rid of i used to say the irs and the federal reserve and and those things are true they're serious threats no doubt about it they'll eventually destroy the country but they are the effect not the cause doctor the cause is this slide or backslide whatever you want to call it, in religion and morality in the people, in the families, in parents teaching children uh, at home. You mentioned right before the, one of the pauses that it's in the home that these things must be taught or they will be lost. I agree 100%. The family, the fundamental need of society is the core here. Uh, but I bring all that up to say I believe that religion and morality and the divorce we have as individuals and families from that at large in America is the primary threat, Doctor. 
Well, of course, those would fit under, I mean, I have to agree with you because they, they fit under that category of getting on the right uh, uh, side of God, if you will. Um, you know, we, uh, I, there's a point at some point, if we get a second, maybe I could, I could find it easily first thing and quickly, but uh, uh, Calvin Coolidge made a great statement about a nation never gets ahead of its religion. And, uh, and, you know, you can be great in a lot of things. You can have a great army, or you can be very economically powerful, or you can have uh, some things that people envy in any number of ways. But, uh, but if you, you can never get ahead, a nation can never get ahead of, of its religious belief system because that's the only thing that keeps things in, uh, in check. I mean, in fact, uh, uh, Tocqueville, when he was... Uh, traveling America, he, he observed that Americans didn't have a law against everything. I mean, see, he'd come from France, and in France it was untethered. They had to, he had to make a law specifically to prevent a violation of something that was going to be detrimental to society. And he says, America doesn't have that. It's interesting, he said. And what he discovered was that uh, Americans were tethered to God. And they had this internal compass. They didn't have to go out and you know, you see or hear that say, statement, all the time, oh, there ought to be a law. And, well, you know, maybe uh, our eternal law it can be the, the kind of the divining rod, if you will. That almost sounds a little bit new age. But uh, it can be the divining rod for the right path. And, uh, and so I just sometimes wonder... If if we, we, it couldn't be a lot simpler if we just followed those basic principles without having to, you know, go to our legislature and pull the levers of government in a certain way that, uh, uh, that ultimately and finally would, uh, would be creating a bigger tyranny over us all, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you're right. Religion and morality, absolutely. They, they fit under the umbrella, or maybe it fits under that umbrella. I don't know. But but this divine focus, I think, has got to take some more precedence in our lives, or we're going to be in, in a pretty bad way, you know. So, anyway, I don't know. It's a it's a good thought. We it's I think we got to do some introspection and start uh, giving some consideration to that. One of the good news pieces a little bit, though, doctor, is three representatives introduced what they call the gold standard to stabilize the dollar's value in America. No longer would American families be suffering in the economy as they literally are at the mercy of the Federal Reserve. Um, you know what? The reckless Washington standards have created a serious problem indeed. Representatives, uh, what's this guy's name? Alex Mooney, I think is how you say his name. Uh, you've got Alex Mooney. You've got Paul Gosar and Andy Biggs, both of Arizona. They've introduced what's called H.R. 2435, the Gold Standard Restoration Act. <clears throat> it's to facilitate a uh, tying of the dollar to gold. Upon passage of H.R. 2435, the U.S. Treasury and the Federal Reserve would be required to publicly disclose all gold holdings and then to lock the amount. The Federal Reserve note has lost significant value over the years, Doctor. More than 40% of its purchasing 
power since the year 2000 and 97% of its purchasing power since 1913. This uh, Restoration Act, um, H.R. 2435, would basically try to restore this, try to preserve this, try to bring this back. These are great efforts that we ought to applaud and support, Doctor. Well, they are, and and it's interesting to me that, uh, you know, the Senate and the House and all those people that do these kinds of things and have destroyed our economy by turning it over to a uh, privately owned uh, for-profit corporation called the Federal Reserve starting back in 1913. You talk about the degradation of our economy and our purchasing power of the dollar by 97%. I thought it was closer to 98, but I'll go with 97. That's as bad as I'd like to see it happen. But all of these kinds of things uh, the Founding Fathers had in mind when they said, you know, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, Congress shall have power to coin money. Coin, if you look it up in the 1828 uh, Noah Webster Dictionary, you'll discover it has to do with stamping precious metal. It has nothing whatsoever to do with uh, printing fiat money. That's money declared by the government to be legal currency, if you will. And in fact, in a discussion that happened in the federal convention of 1787 in August, uh, they discussed these uh, unbacked writs, they called them. And they said if that was uh, allowed at the general government level, it would be as dangerous as the mark of the beast spoken of in the book of Revelation. That's an exact quote coming out of their debates. So yeah, we, we, we need to recur regularly to these baseline principles. And when we have abandoned them, is when we kind of uh, become a ship at sea without a rudder or sails. And um, America needs to go back and recur to these things. I, you know, i got to tell you, I've known some very, very, very senior banking officials. I've been in their office when they've set their exchange rates and all this. They, it's a, it's a by-the-seat-of-the-pants kind of thing. They do it. Well, of course, they have knowledge of what they're basing their decision on, but it's a look at the ceiling, feet on the desks, and set a... Uh, you know the, the the interest rate or whatever, and uh, these guys are just mortal beings, and they're flying by the seat of their pants. But I've been with them. They say, "Oh, there's not enough gold in the country to to back things with gold," and oh, it, the country would collapse completely. You know, but we need a recentering, and that happened under Andy Jackson in his administration when when he um, was able to veto the renewal of their old Federal Reserve back in his administration, Biddle, Nicholas Biddle, who was the Federal Reserve chairman of their day, threw a temper tantrum, um, an economic temper tantrum, threw the nation into a, a great upheaval economically, settled out pretty quickly, the dust settled, and we went forward stronger and better than we were before. I'm sure there would be some cataclysmic event that the the bankers of the world would try to throw but if we retied it back to something that could not be arbitrarily inflated, like these digital currencies that they're putting out, these central bank-issued digital currencies, holy cow, if you think it's bad with paper, wait until they get a hold of our financial throats with that kind of stuff. Yeah, we need to recur back to what made us the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous, most respected nation on earth, and it's by going back to these things, not by trying to invent a new wheel. So I applaud these actions that are being taken by some of these individuals. I, I don't expect they'll be 
received with great applause, but we need to make them popular and we need to help our representatives see the value of signing on to this idea. All right, there you have it. I think the Federal Reserve uh, is a serious threat to the United States of America. I also think the education uh, in America is one of the greatest threats. As you can tell, even the FBI and the Justice Department are doubling down against soccer moms and concerned uh, parents uh, about their children in local school meetings. This just shows you how sinister top-down education, how abusive and hostile and hate-filled top-down government-controlled education uh, has become. After all, it comes out of the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. Let's not mince words. Um, but what we need to do is jettison that. The uh, Republicans have been promising this for literally generations, doctor, since the 80s or whatever. 70s. Um, 70s. We need to really yeah. double down and jettison this education thing. Parents have got to get back education. If we can't get rid of government schools entirely, we at least need to first off get the federal government out of it. Secondly, the states out of it. Leave it to the counties and to the people, respectively, doctor. This has got to happen if we ever have a prayer. As you mentioned, the answers are teaching the proper principles and values in the home. But undermining this is our government right now. Well, yeah, the government thinks that if, if, uh, you, if they allowed homeschooling, oh, heaven forbid, they would not be able to, these are their words, protect the children as well as they should. See, they want to protect the children from the tradition, the faith traditions of their founding fathers and their fathers and mothers that even exist today. There, we've been on this uh, public education kick for so long that it's become the greatest power for atheism that's ever existed on the earth. And so even some of the fathers and mothers today don't have a sound foundation and, and they need to look more farther back. But but absolutely get the government out of it. Uh, the founding fathers talked about, in fact, the first uh, draft constitution in May of 1787 that they came up with included a, a, an educational element for the federal government, the general government is how I call it. But anyway, the federal government was to have a footprint in education. By the time they rolled around after a long, hot summer of debate in September and signed it, there was no power for educational intervention uh, allowed to the general government. And, and so that they thought it through. They threw it out. And, and we got to go back to that. And by the way, there's a bill, uh, 734, I think, of what, H.R. 734, that would change Title IX uh, to say that, you, you know, federal funds will not be given to anybody that allows, you know, sports for guys to play in girls sports well biden's got the exact opposite position but the fact of the matter is there should be nothing in the general government for passing out money for this it's just absurd anyway sounds like we're at the end of the hour for crying out loud i can't believe we run out of time so fast hard-hitting talk is always riveting ladies and gentlemen especially when it's real when it's live and when good, honest, hard-working Americans want to promote the principles of God, family, and country, it becomes serious in a hurry. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. You want to learn more about the incredible curriculum from Dr. Scott Bradley? Check it out. To preserve the nation, found at freedomsrisingsun.com. That's freedomsrisingsun.com. For Sam Bushman and Loving Liberty Radio, lovingliberty.net, God save the Republic of the United States of America.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 21st in the year of our Lord, 2023. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founders. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration as we use the checks and balances absolutely to restore the republic and to do so peacefully. Can it be done? Yes. If we the people stand up, if we have morality and religion at the center of all of our efforts, if we truly look to God, family, as our guidance as we preserve the country, we can become a light on a hill again, ladies and gentlemen. That is the grand opportunity. The question is, will we step up to the plate? I pray we do, and I'll make sure that my efforts are in that element, in that effort, in that sacred cause. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. FreedomsRisingSun.com is website to promote his incredible collegiate series to preserve the nation uh, and more. There's weekly webinars on his website, Q&As on the Constitution, and a whole lot more than that as well. Incredible videos all at FreedomsRisingSun.com. Dr. Bradley, welcome back. There's two lawsuits that I find fascinating uh, that I want to kind of get your take on uh, as well. Um, the first lawsuit is Dominion and Fox went to battle. Uh, as you know, Dominion saying you can't lie about our um, election systems. Fox saying, well, we didn't lie. We were just peddling this. And then they discovered all kinds of behind-the-scenes messages that said, um, you guys didn't really believe what you spewed on air. You were just afraid of, the, afraid of the public, so-called, so to speak. You were critical of the Donald. You were this. You were that. And all kinds of personal details came out that got egg on everybody's face in the process. Dominion kept pressing. It was supposed to be a couple of billion dollar lawsuit. In the end, they settled. They had a magic mediator come in and so-called solve it. I think his name is Jerry. Uh, anyway, at the last minute, lawyers were rolling up their sleeves, ready to dig in and go straight to court. But at the last second, uh, they delayed the case for a day and came back and said, oh, by golly, we got this thing solved. We're all good. Fox to pay $787 million to the election giant. Uh, and... Um, they crafted the language to where it's not really wrongdoing. They made some false statements, but really no harm, no foul for the news organization. Uh, Dominion saying, uh, you know, hey, what you did was wrong, but we'll let it slide because well, we came up with a settlement and everybody's supposedly happy as they, they often do. Uh, but this is a big, huge shame for free speech, Dr. Bradley. Uh, number one, I can tell you that I think the uh, Fox uh, folks were not genuine. But when are they genuine? They're in the mainstream press. The mainstream press is never genuine for the sacred cause of liberty, ladies and gentlemen. They're always uh, promoting whatever gets ratings, whatever um, you know titillates the people. They're not interested in things of a of a higher nature at all. Uh, so that's just my opinion about Fox. But when it comes to Dominion, look, without investigating the code in the software without doubling down and vetting all the claims and everything else. You can't say they peddled false information. We're not there in the court case. We never were because we never really tried the real issues or the real discussion points. They created a narrow craft that you can't say that stuff. We're above reproach scenario. Uh, and then they're going to pay a big old fine, so to speak, and get off scot-free. 
Uh, meanwhile, they get tons of media publicity for free that probably eclipses the $787 million. Uh, Dr. Bradley, in my opinion, this is nothing but a sham to give Dominion unstoppable godlike status in elections. Hey, we can do no wrong. We have done no wrong. We'll never do any wrong. We're the Holy Grail on one side which means fraud forever, in my humble opinion. And on the same time, we're saying, hey, Fox made a mistake, but um, there is accountability in this world, and by golly, we're going to hold them accountable. But it creates this chilling effect on the other side for those who don't have as many guts and those who don't know how to couch their language properly. I have an opinion to which I'm entitled. I can say that all day long. The Fox folks didn't say that. They pitched things as facts in many cases. That's why they're downfall on this very issue. But really, we've created a precedent that is going to be disaster going forward doctor well we got this little thing called the first amendment uh, i know these amendment things like the second amendment are really kind of pesky they're always getting in the way of, of uh, tyranny and at least they try to but but in this particular case of uh, you know the first amendment this idea of abridging the free exercise of speech uh, prohibiting this kind of stuff is is the antithesis of what the First Amendment was meant for. And uh, your assessment of this, I think there's a lot of strings we'd want to pull on to come to the understanding. But the baseline, you know, under the principle we need to understand about the First Amendment had nothing to do with lewd anything, you know, uh, profane words or anything like that. It had to do with political speech. And, and the American founding fathers wanted to prevent situations that that would chill or preclude the exposure of risks to our liberty okay they wanted to bring these forward uh, so that they could they could be aired in the public the public could make out their own decisions i mean you know we try to vet everything now you know whether it's uh you know the stuff that happened on twitter and all those kinds of things where we get um what shall we say um, we get deplatformed. I was deplatformed, right. uh, and, and all those kind of things. Those kind of deplatforming things happen to prevent the, the truth from coming out, and that's exactly what I believe is happening in this case. And the and the the effort to keep our elections uh, fair and free and and uh, have the outcomes that we want and need because it's the voice of the people. These are being precluded, and these these automated, machine tallied, um, kinds of things with with our voting has has absolutely destroyed our confidence in the fairness of our of our elections. So I I think this is a chilling effect. I I think that the free speech is is uh, being precluded here. I think that a full exposure of of what's going on. I think a full exposure would have brought understanding to the people the risks that are found in the use of these election machines. So I, I feel badly for this happening, but I, I do believe that logs have been rolled and uh, the elite has spoken and uh, we the people are going to be smothered by the avalanche of propaganda and so on and so forth. And we'll further entrench the, uh, the automated voting machine kind of stuff. Uh, this, you know, I don't know if they call it election day anymore, election week, election month, election year. I don't know what it is because the way we've moved the goalposts so many times, we're losing our elections. If not, they're altogether lost right now. 
And I think these automated voting machines are, are really heavily involved in that destruction. So it's a sad day, I think. It for, is, no question. Uh, and those machines are part of the problem for sure. It has to do with voting, not on the same day. In other words, single-day voting would help a lot. Paper ballots would help a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of changes that we can make that would really change the game. This mail-in balloting is a serious problem, the lack of custody of votes. and I mean, all these are problems. But I bring this up right now from kind of a free speech point of view. If Fox can't report their views and or even if they don't agree with the view, but the details about the concerns. And look, they claim there's no, 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 no evidence of this. But every time we try to get to a court, they don't take on the real issue of the day. Uh, they just simply say you don't have standing or you don't have a right to say that. Or well, what if I don't have a right to say it, but it's true. And the reason you don't want me to say it is because it's threatening uh, something that's that's the holy grail in America. How dare you question the elections, even though uh, it is factual? And we've jettisoned the facts these days in modern America, uh, and we've gone to a place where, hey, the facts are decided by your government or the facts are decided by a judge rather than true facts. We're dealing with opinion facts or viewpoint facts or, for example, a bank too big to fail. Well, that gives it special privilege over any other bank that's not, quote, too big to fail, right? This uneven playing field, this two-tiered justice system has become the crisis of the day uh, in many ways. We asked last hour an incredible question to Dr. Scott Bradley. What is the top threat facing the American people in our way of life? Greg from Utah wants to chime in on that very question. Hi, Greg. Hello, Sam. Hello, Scott. I'm, uh, thank, thank you for having me on the radio. Just a comment about Dominion. Um, th so this case amounts to a comprehensive assault on the First Amendment. The First Amendment is dead. And it's only a matter of time before they start coming after conservative uh, talk show hosts. But D'Souza uh, produced a movie a couple of years ago called uh, 2000 Mules. And he documents how the federal elections, the presidential election, was an absolute fraud. And so that has to be looked into. But anyway, it's so bad that – and so this isn't something that just happened overnight. It's been happening for 30, 40, 50 years on the state level – and federal level, the, the uh, election fraud. But I, what I want to talk about, though, is, you know, the, the threat to America. So the greatest threat to America. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the greatest threat, Greg, we'll let you stay over the break so you have time to vet this. Uh, but let's let Dr. Bradley respond to your first point, and then we'll come back and let you talk about what you believe the greatest threat to be. Doctor? Yeah, absolutely. If we lose the, if we lose the free election process, the nation's dead. Where, where it is somehow polluted to the point that our our voice doesn't matter anymore. We've lost our representative form of government. We have lost the the limited constitutional kinds of processes. There is a, a kind of a fifth column that has taken over the nation. And uh, sadly, uh, I believe that the election machines are very much involved, along with all the other polluting things that happened in the 2020 election, that they canonized in the name of safety for COVID, but uh, there is no there is no protection right now, and we the people need to insist within our local governments and going forward in the ultimately that we take back our election process. Uh, probably a, enough said. We got a break upon us. <laughs> Roger that, Dr. Bradley. Hang tight. Greg with us from the great state of Utah wants to come back and articulate what he believes the greatest threat to we, the American people, is. We'll do it in seconds on your radio.
As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com fighting for the soul of liberty and true pursuit of happiness for everyone. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. It's the ultimate summit for liberty, educating and empowering through art, music, film, and comedy while promoting economic freedom and highlighting today's political issues. Use promo code ROUND50 to save 50 bucks off the current rate. Reserve your spot at freedomfest.com. See you in Memphis. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Okay, you know, you might feel like uh, we're kind of flying low over a lot of different subjects today. Sam's back on the air for the first time in 10 days, and uh, I think he's got this pent-up demand to, uh, you know, cover so many topics and subjects that we're kind of flying low, and we leave things on the table, I'm afraid. But as we ended the last hour, uh, we had a call in from Greg, and Greg wanted to kind of continue a discussion about a topic that had been raised in the first hour. Greg's still with us on uh, the uh, line, and, and so, Greg, I'd just like to hear what's on your mind that, that might have piqued your interest to make a phone call this morning. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. But the greatest threat to America, the greatest threat to a Western civilization, the greatest threat to mankind is international communism. What we're up against is a gigantic worldwide communist international criminal conspiracy to enslave mankind. And most people don't connect the dots, they don't see it. So the reason why our educational system is in demise or has demise is because of communist, uh, because of communism and also our culture, the communists have admitted that in their own writings that in order for them to destroy a nation, they have to destroy, they have to get control of the educational system and also our culture, have an effect on our culture. And so the communists have been infiltrating our government, and you know this, for over 100 years, going back to the uh, Wilson administration. And, um, and they admitted that in their own personal writings and what have you, that, that, uh, the two things that have to happen to destroy a nation is to take over, to destroy the culture, and take over the uh, the educational system. 
and that has already occurred. And so, so just a, a few other things. So the, the open borders, this is like an unmitigated disaster for the United States because that alone is an end game for the United States. That board, open border uh, situation has been orchestrated by the communists. They, they're the ones that, uh, that, that brought this about because of the, their influence in, in the House and the Senate and what have you. And also our military. Our military can, can no longer defeat Russia or China in a war. Our government has admitted this. That's an end game for the United States. And so the, our military, for example, they've been, uh, we've been disarming for the last 50 or 60 years, and they're still continuing. And I thought it was over, you know, after the, uh, you know, after the uh, uh, Reagan administration. I thought, you know, disarmament was talks were in the past, but they're still doing it. They're still disarming. We don't have any super, supersonic nuclear weapons. And that's the end game as far as prevailing, trying to prevail against the uh, Russians and Chinese because they have supersonic nuclear weapons. We, there's no defense against it. And then the, the aircraft carrier that they built of Gerald Ford, they're talking about how it's invincible, but the narrator said at the end of the, the uh, documentary that the only thing that can take it down is a supersonic nuclear weapon. And, and he said there's no defense to it. And even North Korea has supersonic nuclear weapons. And then um, um, uh, Obama, when he was debating Romney, this is, you know, years ago, he said, we have 1,500 nuclear weapons left. He said, before I leave office, I'm going to get it down to 500. And, and I don't know if you have, that occurred or, or what have you, but the point is this. Most of our missiles are obsolete. They're 50 years old, 60 years old. The technology is old. And, um, and so we don't, in a nuclear war, we cannot win because we don't have enough nuclear weapons. And again, most of them are, are obsolete, and then you have to concern yourself with sabotage, you know, or, you know, that they could be sabotaged, or, you know, if, uh, so therefore they're not, they won't be able to get, you know, be launched. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is we're, we're talking about all these side issues, you know, what's happening to America, you know, why is America in a rapid decline? It's because of prominent influence in our government. The communists have influence. They have taken over the federal government, and they have control and influence in all of our state governments. And so there's no way we can stop it. It's too late. It's too late to save America. The day of grace for America has passed. And we have to start preparing, uh, you know, temporally and spiritually for what's to come because we can fight against this thing, but it's too late. The immorality in this nation is 100 times worse than it was during Sodom and Gomorrah. And the, and the Lord destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. It's, it's so bad that, uh, and I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm just trying to state the fact that it, it's too late to fix things. Uh, we can talk about it, you know, for, for, for time and for all time and all eternity, but it's not going to change. It's too late. And, and the infiltration is, is so vast and comprehensive. And you can make a case that during the FDI administration, they had the communists had absolute control of, of our government back then. You had communists living in the White House. And on FBI said, some of my best friends are communists. And uh, so here it is 80 years later. And so, I mean, so look at what happened in Afghanistan. We've been over there for 20 years with no intentions of winning. And after, and so we pulled out and we gave the, the Taliban, uh, enemy of the United States, the, the Taliban has been uh, financed and supported by the Russians and the Chinese. And we gave them a military base. And not only that, but with a hundred billion dollars worth of uh, military equipment, now they have one of the Doctor Doctor Bradley. 
Dr. Bradley, I couldn't agree with Greg Moore. Well, let, let me just, all, I mean, you know, I know there's a whole bunch of ointed offals, okay? And and you can dig yourself into a pit and pull dirt in on you. You know, I mean, we could do that. And and I I have to take a, uh, a I, all of what Greg's saying is, is correct in terms of all of the threats and everything like that. And I could take any one of those subjects and, and we could talk at length about the exposure we're currently recognizing on those kinds of things it's it's a mag it's a of magnitudes beyond what and and he's greg keeps up on what's going on in this country i have to take my hat off to him but i i really believe that salvation is an individual thing i mean i i think it's between us and god i mean and we try and gather those we love, and, and we try and make that circle of love as big as we can and all this kind of stuff. But the the bottom line is, and Greg may be right, maybe the nation really is kind of in the dregs of destruction itself, and there may be no hope for a, a national solution at this point. But I really do believe that individually we can take steps to make things right with us. And that takes everything from... You know, preparing ourselves economically, preparing ourselves with our physical means and everything else like that. But I think a very, very, very large part of that has to be our spiritual rightness, if that's a word, with with our Creator. And uh, and I think if we started with that, if each individual, you know, in their own lives, did an introspection, got right with God, we became a virtuous people. We had a a moral basis, and we had a sound understanding of foundational principles. And we, we gathered those we loved to get together with us. We taught and lived those principles together. And then maybe in our congregations, in our communities, and so on and so forth. I believe God is in charge of things. He loves every one of us. And I, for the life of me, have a hard time figuring out how he does that because we, we're so unlovable sometimes. But the fact is, I believe that that perfect love is still there. And and I am still of opinion that, um, as John Quincy Adams always signed his letters off, the duty is ours, the results are God's. And so we do what we can in our own sphere of influence. We try to make popular that which is sound and good. We try and live by it. We try and ex- make this something that is brought to the rest of everybody we can influence. And we do it in a, a genuinely godly way that that reflects the way the savior taught everything he did you know the woman that was taken in sin or or whatever you find these things there's little microscopic kind of incidences where somebody got saved somebody made you're right about that there is grace there is salvation there is hope there's no question about that let's let greg respond right before the pause greg Okay, I totally agree with with uh, Dr. Bradley. I feel that um, that as bad as it is, that we will prevail against our enemies because of divine intervention. Uh, miracles will occur because there will be a remnant of people who are very righteous, who are very uh, spiritual, and because of that fact, uh, we will prevail against the odds. And so we have to be spiritually prepared, as I said before, spiritually and temporally prepared for what is to come. We have to be focused on that because it's coming, and, and the onslaught is coming, and um, we can't lose hope. We can't lose faith. I've, I'm totally 
I totally believe and have complete confidence in the fact that we're going to prevail in the end despite the odds against us. Thank you, Greg. Amen to that. You know, Greg's right. Communism is one of the greatest threats to our way of life, to the American people. Uh, It's a huge threat. And the reason it's a threat is really pointing to what Dr. Bradley and I were talking about earlier, which is, you know what? Communism is a godless institution. And as we as a godly nation, a Christian nation, um, you know, they're diametrically opposed. The godless view versus the godly view. That is the quintessential point that we're making. we got to turn to God Almighty. When we get back, Alvin Bragg, I never thought I'd agree with him, but I do. And we'll tell you how, why, and what in seconds on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Lance Pry. An IRS special agent said to be involved in the federal investigation into Hunter Biden is seeking whistleblower protections and wants to provide evidence of illegal activities about the probe to Congress. Attorney Mark Lytle. My client wants to come forward. He's not a political person. He's not a social media person. He's not coming here with a political agenda. He's been at the IRS for more than 10 years, uh, as, and now he's a supervisory special agent. He's, uh, he's actually been trusted as an assistant special agent in charge in other cities and trusted with international investigations and working with other countries' tax enforcement. Conservative radio host and California gubernatorial candidate Larry Elder is announcing that he's running for president in 2024. Elder joins a growing list of candidates looking for the GOP nomination, and he said on Twitter Thursday that America was in decline, but, quote, this decline is not inevitable. He won the most votes of any candidate in the effort to recall California Governor Gavin Newsom in 2021. He joins a group that includes former President Trump, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. I'm Skip Kelly. Home prices in March posted the biggest annual decline in 11 years. Sales fell in March for the 13th time in the previous 14 months. It's a sluggish start to the crucial spring selling season as high mortgage rates stopped momentum from the previous month. The National Association of Realtors announced March sales fell 22% from a year earlier. A new Biden administration mortgage rule set up to take place May 1st will force loan applicants with good credit to pay higher fees and subsidize applicants with poor credit in the name of equitable access to home ownership. Alec Baldwin's involuntary manslaughter charges in New Mexico have been dropped. Prosecutor Jason Lewis and Carrie Morrissey say the decision does not absolve Mr. Baldwin of criminal culpability and charges may be refiled. This is USA News. And shop the final days of Spring Fest at Lowe's and get the best values of the season before they're gone. Save big across the store for projects inside and out. Get started on your spring garden with one pint annuals, four for five dollars. Save on indoor updates too, with up to 40% off select bathroom faucets and vanities. Shop Lowe's today because Lowe's knows spring. Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid to 419. Annuals offer available in store only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Selection varies by location while supplies last. 
Omaha Steaks Burger Perfection Flight, made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks, rewrites the book on burgers. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout for an extra $20 off your order, plus free shipping when you order the $79.99 Burger Perfection Flight, a fantastic array of pure ground steak-on-a-bun burger greatness. For $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight, use promo code TREAT at checkout at OmahaSteaks.com and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. a broad spectrum of uh, discussion this morning and uh, we probably ought to tie a bow around that last uh, half of the the uh, first segment of this hour uh, I, I wanted to kind of bring something out to kind of reiterate um, I what I perceive to be a very important principle that to, to, is in the, the the preservation of the nation uh, our 30th president of the United States was Calvin Coolidge. I do not believe, in spite of I know you've got I've got a lot of friends out there that would have disagreement with me in regards to this, but I do not believe we have had a president of the United States since Calvin Coolidge that adhere, adhered more closely to his oath of office and kept his actions it largely because he was not perfect within the bounds that were established within the Constitution. We cannot point to another president that has done that. I don't believe. In spite of, I know people have got their eyes all a twinkle and their feet are a twitter about this whole not thing. Not me. But There's not a one, sir. You're right about okay. that. And very few presidents have because once you give somebody power nine times out of ten, they even if they don't intend to be evil or whatever, they seem to... Uh, use power too greedily and too readily, and uh, that's part of the problem is that uh, they got to pay attention to the checks and balances. And when they violated, we, the people, through Congress, have not held them accountable, and therefore they just uh, seem to, you know, you give them an inch and they take a mile discussion. Uh, but I think you're spot on. Well, just one little statement, then we can move on. I know there's tons of subjects we need to hit on, but here's a statement he made. He said, our government rests upon religion. It is from that source that we derive our reverence for truth and justice, for equality and liberality, and for the rights of mankind. Unless the people believe in these principles, they cannot believe in our government. There are only two main theories of government in our world. One rests on righteousness and the other on force. One appeals to reason and the other appeals to the sword. One is exemplified in the republic. The other is represented by despotism. The government of a country never gets ahead of the religion of a country. There is no way by which we can substitute the authority of law for the virtue of man. Of course, we endeavor to restrain the vicious and furnish fair degree of security and protection by legislation and police control, but the real reform which society in these days is seeking will come as a result of our religious convictions or they will not come at all. Peace, justice, humanity, charity, these cannot be legislated into being. They are the result of divine grace. End of quote. And, Amen. And I really, truly believe that that encompasses so much. I mean, the godlessness that has crept in because of communism. The idea of the invasion that has happened because of a complicit and complacent administration in spite of laws that were passed. By the way, just as a little quick side note, I know we've got to move on. But uh, my state, Utah, is a sanctuary state. 
They have not admitted it officially like California or Washington or whatever, but it is a sanctuary state. Always has been, and I fear always will be. And so has our community that I'm in. And I, as evidence of that, I, we just got a notification. They're asking for more financial support that these people that are teaching English to these newcomers, if you will, on the invasion, they say this year, so here it is, April, mid-April, they have 40% more of these individuals this year than they had last year. Now, you know last year was a banner year for the invasion. And so if we have 40% more this year, our communities are being completely undermined by the invasion forces. And, and sadly, so many of these people do not want to assimilate as people did before, and we're overrun by 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 million people now over the last few years that have truly changed the dynamic of our culture. They don't understand our form of government, limited and bounded, checked and balanced. And they don't care to. They do not. And so here's, I mean, every single thing that we can think about is marshaled against us, it seems. But I believe that that Calvin Coolidge statement will should, I guess, our government rests upon religion. And if we cannot look to our divine and have that uh, godly intervention, we truly are pretty high risk. So anyway, I just thought I'd try and tie that ribbon around it. Let you run with the next subject, Sam, but holy And I cow. couldn't agree more that Calvin Coolidge's comments are spot on on that, ladies and gentlemen. And again, you know what? I don't know how it would be if I was president. It's pretty easy to court, you know, armchair quarterback this kind of stuff, doctor, and be critical of anybody. You know, I don't know how I'd be as a president. And the problem is you've got to take the background of the individual. Donald has a lot of good instincts, for instance. He did a lot of good with pro-life. He did a lot of good trying to reduce the uh, abuse and the in invasion at the border and all those kind of things. He did a lot of wrong, but you take an immoral man like Donald Trump and you try to you know, bring him around to be president. Even God can work through those kind of imperfect people with a lot of problems indeed. A lot of them uh, may be, you know, yahoos, but once they become president, you know, the Lord kind of rests upon them and they kind of change. And, and I hope that happens for Donald in his personal life, for his own soul and everything. Uh, but I bring that all up to say, you know, it's very easy to be critical of people. But, you know, you got to look at their whole, uh, you know, their life, their background, their history, their understanding. And, and, and then you got to realize that one man as president has a lot of power, a lot of authority. But you know what? They don't have endless authority either. And so that's kind of part of the problem. Now, I want to move to Alvin Bragg. I don't really agree with this guy on much because I think he's a thug. He's a New York prosecutor. He's against Donald. Uh, and again, I don't believe that Donald is a good moral character. But at the same time, I don't believe that we've got felonies related to this that, that Bragg is trying to assert. But here's the deal. A federal court has now ruled against Alvin Bragg's efforts to block a subpoena from Chairman Jim Jordan. All right, so Jim Jordan's in Congress, and at the general congressional level, Jim says, hey, we're going to take a New York prosecutor and have him testify before our committee. Judge Mary Kay, I don't know how you say this name, um, Viscosil, wrote Mr. Pomerantz, that's a guy on the team for Bragg, must appear for the congressional, um, I don't know what you call it, prosecution? <laughs> Well, no, they say the criminal uh, allegations. He must appear before the congressional delegation. Nobody is above the law is what he says. 
Now, Dr. Bradley, I agree nobody's above the law. I agree with that general statement. I disagree with the fact that a general state prosecutor can be drugged before Congress. Congress has authority over 10 miles square. They have authority over the legislative body making uh, power in America based on checks and balances at the general government level. So the only legislative power they have is within the scope of the Constitution, the supreme law. They don't have any authority or rights within the several states. So do I think Bragg's out of control? Absolutely. But do I think Congress has authority to rein him in? No, I don't. There's dual sovereignties here, Doctor. We've talked about that before, but I want to highlight this now. What you've got now is the Republicans saying, good for Jordan, good for um, McCarthy, good for the Republicans taking on this whacked-out Democrat. And Well, I think he is a whacked-out Democrat, but I don't think good on the Republicans either. What they're doing is making everything go federal against the supreme law of our land, against the principles of the Tenth Amendment, against everything we stand for in the separation of powers, Doctor. This is risky and, uh, in my opinion, of great concern. Everything you say is correct. I mean, we, we, we are at great risk right now, and, and this idea of separation of powers and the sovereignties and, and the limits and bounds that are placed on the general government uh, everybody just seems to think they get in office and suddenly they, they get to, they can, they can overstep everything and anything that they want to because I hold an office, by golly. And, and there's just a, a little quotation that I, I, you know, I always cut something. Um, so uh, we, we just need to understand that there is no authority to do what what is happening that that Jordan or anybody else you know um, I, I just this is a, a quick quotation and again I'm sorry to always be bringing facts into the discussion Sam but uh, St. George Tucker the preeminent constitutional scholar of the founding era and we could discuss that at length if you wanted he was talking in his book view of the Constitution of the United States which is magnificent. You need to get it and read it. But anyway, um, he's talking about felonies that are not enumerated in the Constitution are left within the jurisdiction of the state. And here's, and here's what he's saying. The very guarded manner in which Congress are vested with authority to legislate upon the subject of crimes and misdemeanors. They are not entrusted with a general power over these subjects. But a few offenses are selected from the great mass of crimes with which society may be infested, upon which only... Congress are authorized to prescribe the punishment or define the offense. All felonies and offenses committed upon land, in all cases not expressly enumerated, being reserved to the states respectively. Now this is this is a uh, almost a oh man I, I I need to say something else about this Tim Scott guy that's just announced he's running for president and an example of overreach by those that are in office. And this brag thing is just one example. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Scott, we got others. We'll talk about them all in seconds on your radio. True Passover versus Easter. The Catholic Church and most denominations follow the Jewish Passover. Here is the Jewish tradition. The Passover takes place 14 days after the new moon after the equinox. But what does God say? In Isaiah 1 verse 14, quote, your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being, unquote. Now notice God's word versus Jewish tradition. 
Quote, In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. Unquote. That's from Leviticus 23, verse 5. God's year begins on the spring equinox. Passover is always on the fourteenth day of God's year, the fourteenth day after the equinox. The Sunday after the Passover is Resurrection Sunday. None of this is about fertility, which is exactly what Easter is all about. Easter bunny and eggs, fertility rites, are paganism. Okay, so, you know, again, I apologize for diverting from some of the clearly marked path that Sam may want to take. But this idea, you know, we, we, he brought up the idea of Bragg being called on the carpet by the Congress. And the Congress, you know, it's like, hold it, hold it, hold it. You've got a jurisdiction. Go, go play in your sandbox, okay? And we talked about how St. George Tucker had an opinion of this and, and that we've just had a very current event thing where Tim Scott, the junior senator from South Carolina, has just announced he's going to run for president. And you look at the positions he holds on abortion and immigration and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good things that you say, wow, 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 okay, fine. But there are fatal flaws that tell us the character of those that are uh, involved in some of these things. And we've got to hold uh, some skepticism, let's put it that way. Um, okay, we just talked about Tucker's view about the feds got to keep their nose out of all crime things. Well, in spite of Scott's good view on a lot of things, he's got a 600-page justice, a 606, I think, page Justice Act that he's got out. It's a federal enactment that they're seeking to have, uh, you know, poof, uh, lord over everything, all states and everything else like that. Federal reporting for no-knock warrants. We shouldn't have no-knock warrants, really. Increased penalties for false police report. That's a federal offense if this all gets... Choke holds. Uh, they're going to they're gonna, uh, mandate how those are going to be held. Body cameras. They're going to expand police use for body cameras and penalties. Federal penalties for not using them. A database of police disciplinary records. That's going to be on the federal record creating a federal crime for lynching. It's bad, it's horrible, it's horrific, but it's not enumerated in the Constitution. Killing anybody, whether it's by a noose or dragging them behind a truck it's or criminal. shooting them, stabbing them. It's, but he wants all of this to be at the federal level. Yes, he level. does, because he's criminal, and he either doesn't understand or he's betraying the people, don't know which. Uh, Dr. Bradley thinks sometimes when he brings up these topics that it's off target or off scope. It's not. I'm just so good at baiting the hook. And letting him run, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you. Yeah. He, he does an incredible job. But not only is Tim Scott running for office, not only do you have a lot of whacked out people running for office, but believe it or not, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. now has put his hat in the ring as well, Doctor. You know, I wished we had an hour, really, literally, just so you can let me run with this for a minute or an hour or two hours. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I mean, it goes way back. With I've been kind of not just tracking him exactly, but I I remember when his dad was killed in June of 1968. Uh, I was working in Montana, and, of course, I didn't have a TV, but I knew a couple of girls who worked for a company that did, and we ended up watching all the reporting. I mean, so the death of his dad, I mean, Robert F. Kennedy was only 14, I think, when his dad was killed, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 
But you know what? I mean, there are I. You need to go look at what he wants to do, and and unless this be considered an endorsement of him, and it certainly is not. But uh, but it is so compelling. Some of the things he's got that Kennedy charisma, even though he's got a a voice problem that prohibits his, you know, I think his clearness and and uh, smoothness of tongue, if you will, that his dad and John F. Kennedy had. But uh, he's got the Kennedy charisma, and uh, he's, he's maybe also got the Kennedy curse. I don't know what, but the fact of the matter is, uh, I, I looked at it. He announced it took like an hour and 51 minutes to review his positions and everything else like that. He engaged the people, and he was, uh, he was with the people, and he talked about how his dad taught him. You know, they'd go to the less prosperous areas of towns or Native American uh, reservations and so on. I said, these are Kennedy people. These are Kennedy people. The rich guys don't need us. They have their lobbyists and their money and everything else like that that they'll buy their influence with. But these people need us. And anyway, he made statements in it that I'm confident is going to resonate with a great portion of of those people, if you will. And he talked to them as though they were his people. And he said outright, I will protect you. Okay, there's all sorts of things. I mean, he has done magnificently in exposing Fauci for what he is, not was, he is. In fact, Donald Trump, before the, the facade, uh, wanted to have him be on his uh, vaccine committee because he has done some magnificent work about how destructive vaccines have been to the American society, what they've done to us across the board. Not enough time to discuss that. He's really tuned into that. And, and he wants to stop a lot of the corporatism that's happening and the pollutions that are being foisted upon us and all those kind of things. On the other hand, he, he endorsed, um, you know, Al Gore and, and John Kerry for president. He's been very much on the uh, the green side of things in terms of he's even against hydroelectric power, which is about as clean as you can get. It's made out of water because he says that it disrupts indigenous tribes and, and uh, species and everything else like that. And and so so he has kind of I know I know that those that are opposed to him are going to fight this. He has this thing that just it my heart skips a beat every time he talks about our democracy. I mean, it's like a holy cow. Don't say that. You got to know better. But he listens and he speaks with uh, fervency and a conviction. And and I would love to see a Donald Trump, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. debate. And and I think that the, the fact that Trump rarely finishes a sentence and he repeats himself, oh, beautiful, beautiful, our uh, beautiful military. Yes, we have our beautiful military. I believe so, Robert F. Kennedy will clean the floor with Trump. Well, I think that Kennedy is probably, and this may sound like a strange prediction or statement, but I think Kennedy is probably about the only Democrat today that could beat Donald Trump in a fair in a fair election. So he wouldn't have to cheat to beat Trump. Okay? I think there's truth to that. Yeah. And, I, and look, I'm not backing Kennedy either. I'm not backing either candidate, by the way. And it's not an endorsement of either candidate. But it is Correct. a, you know what, we're at, we're at the front uh, row seat of the three-ring circus kind of a discussion a little bit. Uh, but I believe that Kennedy could beat uh, Donald in a debate. 
I think that Kennedy is too intelligent, too too tight in, too savvy. Uh, and articulate. I think Trump, as you mentioned, when he yeah, articulate. When he can't finish the sentence, though, um, Kennedy will mop the floor with that kind of stuff. Yeah, indeed he would. And and I, I would love to see it, though. I mean, you'd look at what Jack Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. But what if they join forces? What, what if they well, somehow say, look, you know what? We're jettisoning parties. We're going to run together. You know that's a that's a strange bedfellow kind of concept. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. But uh, Trump did ask Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to be on kind of his right. kitchen cabinet, if you will, about vaccines. So there has been some uh, uh, positive I don't know, some synergism. Yeah, there has been. I I think that uh, I think that Trump probably will recognize Kennedy has a. Hmm, a capability of outshining him in so many areas because the people eat out of his hand. Now, I know a lot of Trumpsters do the same thing for Trump, but the I think there are probably more people out there. I, I, I had somebody the other day, I never thought I would hear from this person's mouth these words. Here's a Democrat I could vote for. Okay, now, I never, I mean, this person is so constitutionally minded that every time she says Republican, she spits. I mean, it's like, I mean, she is so offended by the general yeah, Republican her point, movement. Her point, though, is that Kennedy defies the Democrat stereotype, defies partisan politics. Uh, and even though he's not spot on on everything, he brings things to the table with such a passion, with such clarity, with such conviction uh, and with such, you know what, I'm one of you, that he builds these relationships of trust uh, to where, you know what? I'm not telling you he'd be a perfect candidate. I don't know that I would vote for him. I've got to vote for an honest person, a person who understands, a good, honest, wise person. Let me just say it like that. Uh, and, and, and I think that Kennedy's got a lot of that. Um, I'm a little concerned about how wise some of these people are, though. In their effort to have people eating out of their hands, they've got to sell the farm uh, in many ways. In a modern American socialist you know, society that's so divided, it's not even funny. So I'm a little concerned about that, but I will I will say that he certainly upsets the apple cart of traditional politics for 2024. The question is, is he in it for real? Can he garner enough money? Will he really end up in the debates because of the, the, the ground rules and the, and the manipulations and the bar they set to prevent this and everything else? Those are yet to be seen, but it's a fascinating, unique twist to 24 that we didn't see you coming, know, Doctor. You, you, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I kind of saw it coming. I mean, he has had some preeminence, and honestly, he was one of the few friends Truth had in the COVID thing. There were almost none in the Senate, the House, the executive, anywhere, including the Trump years. I mean, I'm talking about the uh, warp speed thing and all of that that will be laid at his feet because of all the deaths and dis disabilities. But but the Kennedy thing, I kind of saw it coming, and, and it's kind of like I want to watch it develop out. But you bring up good and honorable and wise, you know, good, honest, and wise, okay? You can you hope you have a discerning ability to say, okay, that's a good person. I think Kennedy is. And, and honest, I think he's honestly holding the positions he has. The wisdom part, I'll tell you where I, where I take my wisdom part, and I go to this. I think the American Founding Fathers were the wisest men that God had on the earth at the time he brought forth this nation. He inspired them from on high, quietly in their hearts even, and anything, any way he could do to inspire them to bring forth wise principles. And so I judge my wisdom part of candidates based upon how closely they align themselves 
with the original founding principles of this nation. If they can do that, and they're good and honest also, we got a winner. And I think that ascertaining the wisdom, now, uh, I, I, again, you say, oh, it's a small thing, Bradley. Every time he says our democracy, I go, huh, I have to take a deep breath and kind of hold it a little bit because he should know better. But I, I really do think that he is a kind of a, he was formed by the things of the Kennedy years and saw those things. And even though he's only 14 when his dad died, um, I think that some of these things. Now, i got to say, JFK, eloquent, uh, articulate, uh, you know, the Camelot years is what Jackie always tried to promote. Robert Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s dad, was a little more, in my opinion, hard-edged. He was kind of uh, he was kind of the good cop bad cop guy with with Jack and, and Bobby you know, and and he kind of was the one that would break people. Okay, I think that Robert F Kennedy Jr. has been tempered a little bit. And by the way, he's he's honest and honorable enough. He talks about the conspiracy facts about Jack Jack Kennedy's assassination and his dad's assassination. I mean, Sir Ann Surhand, he went to prison to interview him. And he kept their conversation largely private. But he says, I don't believe he did it. I think he's an innocent man. He says, my dad would not like that because he doesn't like innocent men in prison. I mean, the fact that uh, Sir Ann Sirhan's handgun held eight rounds, eight bullets, and, and 13 were fired. Does that tell you something? And Sir yeah, Ann Sirhan was in like front the of the dad. bullet theory for sure. It is. But Sir Ann Sirhan was in front of the dad, and the dad took bullets in the back. I mean, these are things that yeah, I mean. I matter. would love to see them reopened again on these kind of things because Amen to that. this but, was my But look, we'll, we will watch Robert F. Kennedy Jr. over the next several weeks and months as this kind of unfolds, and we'll let you know kind of our take. The question becomes if Robert F. Kennedy and Donald, you know, who would be the VP pick? It would have to be Kennedy in that case. I don't know that Kennedy will go for that. It's a kind of an interesting twist. I don't think he'll go for it. The question becomes then who will Robert F. Kennedy Jr. pick as his running mate? That might make or break the campaign. It can either launch it to the stratosphere or, uh, you know, bring it down. Who do you think he might pick? Oh, well, I mean, you look at Kamala. I mean, you know, think for a second. I mean, look at this. Everybody knows she was the girl they invited to the party for certain reasons. She didn't bring anything to the party but those reasons. And so there are so many. I think there will be a female candidate from either one of them. And I don't think we have a lot of good choices. I wish we could talk about this longer because I think the, the female candidate choices that are out there right now are all fatally flawed. I really, truly do. We, I agree with that 100%. We do have an hour on Monday. We will dig in harder on this very topic, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for fireworks, all right? Dr. Bradley with me, Riveting Radio. That's why we have the good doctor on. His understanding of historical data, incredible. His application of modern reality relating to the supreme law of our land and the founding father rescue viewpoint, just spot on. Freedomsrisingsun.com, his website. Check out his weekly webinars and more. Monday we'll chat. We'll do it all. God save the republic.